Hello, I'm Paul Lowry and I'm head of the wealth protection team at Boys Turner. Our team deal with wills, lasting powers of attorney, estate planning advice, advice for elderly clients and probate and estate administration. Today, I'm going to be talking about how the wealth protection team at Boys Turner works together with probate research genealogists, more commonly known as probate detectives. And with me today is Danny Curran. He's the founder and managing director of Finders International, one of the largest firms of probate research genealogists in the UK, who you may know from the BBC TV series, Air Hunters, a series focusing on probate detectives, looking for distant relatives of people who've died without making a will. Hello, is that Michael? We're a probate genealogy firm. It's a cousin of your mother's who's passed away. You'll be due to inherit from her estate. Obviously, the first thing you tend to think of is, ooh, how much money am I going to get? We valued Barbara's estate at roughly £800,000. Hi, Danny. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Paul. It's a pleasure. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Good, good. Can you please, Danny, explain to me in a nutshell what Finders International do? Okay, well, I've, I've been um, doing this for 30 years and it's still a bit of a mystery occupation to many people. So um, what we do is we trace primarily missing heirs next of kin to estates, or unclaimed property or assets, um, which can obviously take us all over the world. So it's very much an international effort these days. So the, the most simple way to put it is that if people hear from us, it's probably good news. Give us a couple of examples of recent cases you deal with, a couple of stories. Well, some incredible ones. There's a series of coincidences that happen with people. Um, I remember one of the cases we did pro bono was for a lady who most of her life lived in a, an abandoned uh, car in Chiswick in West London. Um, and she was very well known in the neighborhood because she was a bit of a character and everyone loved her. And then sadly, she passed away. She was due to have um, a public health act or a pauper's funeral, as they're commonly known. So Hounslow Council asked us if we could trace any next of kin. And we did, but it turned into the most bizarre family tree you've ever seen. She was descended from um, a concert pianist and was herself a concert pianist. Um, and her father was a conductor of an orchestra and they, they, they came from uh, Russia, um, escaped during the war and came over to England. Her parents died. She was left and then adopted this peculiar lifestyle that she had, walking around with carrier bags and appearing to the rest of the world as being like a, a tramp, for want of a better expression. But as I say, a character and people much love. So it's not always about the money. It's the story behind the case is very important as well. How do you start in tracing um, missing relatives of a person who's died? Because I remember quite a few years ago now in instructing finders and the family tree, I remember we folded it out on the office floor and it was about 25 feet long. Yeah. I mean, the, the amount of work that went into it. So how, where, do you, where do you start? Where do you make a start with that type of research? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Yeah, the, the, the report can be a single sheet of A4 or, or like a roll of wallpaper that, that uh, we've, we've had photographs taken in the office as well with family trees stretching from one end to the other and numbers of beneficiaries up to about 150, 200 on some cases. So where we start, basically, we start with the basic information uh, about the deceased, when, where and when they were born date of birth and try and get their birth records so it gives us their parents names and then when you're doing a family tree 
without going into the nitty gritty of the process, you basically trying to build up the family tree. So did these did this couple following intestacy law, um, did they have any children, grandchildren, uh, predeceased issue, any anything like that? Um, was the deceased married more than once? Did they have any other children? Um, and there, there the puzzle begins because you need to document divorces as well as marriages. So you can find, you know, we've had cases where people have uh, forgotten to get divorced when they when they get married a second time, um, and of course that means that the the second marriage is uh, technically not allowed, and the first the widow from the first marriage or the widower from the first marriage then becomes involved. Going on from that, you're looking at siblings, the usual intestinal spouse issue, parents, siblings. When you get to um, extended family, the last category that we allow in England and Wales, um, issue of paternal and maternal grandparents, the furthest we can go is half-blood uncles and aunts. And then if there are no surviving issue of half-blood uncles and aunts, it goes to the crown. So it's building up this family tree, building up a picture of who, who could be involved. And then once you know who the uncles and aunts are when they were born in the late 1890s or the early 1900s or whatever it is, you then descend each family line through a series of birth, marriage and death records to try and trace living people who would then become the beneficiaries. And sometimes going back through history and tracing those those missing relatives, there can be some... Um, there can be some amazing history, can't there? I, I read very recently, I think it was in the Telegraph, an article about finders, and there was actually a link to Tutankhamun. Yes, you can go amazingly quickly from one generation to another to an historical moment. And this is when we did the, the BBC show Air Hunters. Um, there was often um, a story behind the story. So you have the initial story of someone inheriting something, and then you get talking to people and they say, did you know that my um, great uncle was, or whatever it was in this case, was um, related to the guy that discovered the tomb of Tutankhamun. So there was a, a case once we worked on that involved the, the mystery around the Lindbergh baby in the USA. Um, the lady we contacted on an intestacy in the UK, her auntie was one of the servants that was accused of being involved in the what they then thought was the murder of the baby. She then uh, was was treated so badly. This is, you know, you can imagine 1920s, 1930s in the US, that the, the level of protection for an accused servant um, of the household is probably not huge. So eventually when the baby was found, um, she went back to England, the sort of broken woman, and um, she was then... Uh, the lady that we contacted was then able to shed light on a whole story, show us photographs of the family in America. Um, and she said when she came back to England, she would, didn't trust anyone, never spoke to anyone ever again. She became a total recluse. So this one big event had this other kind of knock-on effect that you would never read about because it wasn't the main story. But to hear these, as I say, the story behind that was was quite incredible. Recently, I think uh, I saw you on TV um, I think you were on Good Morning on ITV with um, Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield. And there, and, and there was a, 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 one of the beneficiaries that you'd found uh, was on that programme. But there was, there was something that was mentioned, um, which I think you, you, you come across quite a lot, is that the beneficiary in that particular case said to you, when I was first contacted, I thought it was a scam. 
how do you how do you get around that people's initial reaction when you contact them and you say you're you're due to you're due an inheritance from an estate? How do you convince them that it's genuine? Well, that, as you say, it's a real problem. That the the story that we did with uh, on ITV was with a lady. She won't mind me mentioning her name, Margaret Abbotts, a lovely lady. She was. Um, she herself had a great story. She was an opera singer in the 1970s and she worked for the BBC World Service. Um, she, to give you a little bit about her story, I'd come to the the, the uh, potential, the, the worry about scams in a second, but she said uh, her story was amazing because she um, was brought up with just her mum in North London. And when they were hiding from the bombings in the tube station, she contracted polio and uh, her mum was told she was going to die and she survived that. Um, a few years later, she was told she was never going to walk again and she did. <laughs> um, and she, when we contacted her, she was such a sweet, lovely woman and a, a, a very helpful son as well. When the family, family are on board, it really helps a lot. So Margaret and her son um, told us the full story about the family. And what it was is that she, at a very young age, she was told once about a possible sister, in fact, a half-sister, um, and never thought about her again for the rest of her life because it was just a dim, distant memory from when she was a child. So what we were con we were contacted by a solicitor who said, look, we represent a cousin. We don't think there's any more relatives. Can you check? So, and I have lost count of the amount of times this has happened over the years. So we checked and we found that the, the cousin... <laughs> Um, the solicitors then had to break it to the cousin who was their client that, um, that he was no longer entitled because we'd found prior kin and the whole estate of 300,000 went to this lady. Um, it was a lovely story as well because she she's disabled and she, she could get a whole kind of um, wet room bathroom installed in her house in, uh, in London. But she did say, as you rightly point out, that it nearly went in the bin, as is so often the case. Now, what we do, obviously, we don't just write once and then give up. Um, we, we try and follow up. In her case, I think we contacted with an elderly person as well. We try and contact family. Um, if there are any children, you might be able to say, well, look, we're trying to get in touch with your mother or father. They might be a bit worried about it. Perhaps you can have a word with them and check us out. If you want to go and see your local solicitor, we'll pay for you to go and have a chat with them if you're worried about that. We have solicitors who act as referees and obviously boys turn. If anyone rang them, they'd know who we are and Paul hopefully would vouch for us. So um, there are many ways of reassuring people. Aside from that, we've joined a trading standards initiative called Friends Against Scams. Um, if enough people had heard of it, it would be very useful. But um, we are also um, trained a lot of the staff in, in um, awareness, you know, elderly uh, client awareness, as it were, with uh, initiatives like Dementia Friends, Cruise Bereavement, so that we're saying the right things in the right way. Um, there's a dozen different ways to do it. The, the final sort of end of the road, we have a team around the country of about 40 retired police officers and they'll go and knock on the door. And obviously being quite senior, a lot of them, um, one's an MBE, one's an ex-chief constable of the West Midlands Police. Um, They'll go around to people's houses, knock on the door and ask, or if they're not in, ask the neighbours. And that suddenly that physical presence, it's very old school, you know, going around knocking on the door. But that sometimes makes all the difference because let you can write to people endlessly and the letters go in the bin and, and 
they don't want to know or ring them. They, they don't answer the phone. Someone turning up and approaching it professionally and, and in, a, in a friendly manner, I think, often does the trick. That's fantastic. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit now about how we work together and then also just to highlight the fact that you're not just about finding missing beneficiaries there's a there's an awful lot more that that finders international do so the wealth protection team at boys turner we're we're on the panel of solicitors which is which is used by finders international this means that when you locate a missing relative and one of those um, missing relatives agrees to act as a, the administrator of an estate finders um, will send over all of that information to us and uh, including a family tree and, and, and details of all of those missing beneficiaries who are due to benefit under the, the rules of intestacy. And then if one of those uh, beneficiaries chooses um, to instruct us, then we'll, we'll deal with the administration of the estate. Um, and that includes obviously identifying all of the assets and the liabilities, completing an inheritance tax return, paying in the inheritance tax that's due, um, getting letters of administration if it's necessary. From that point on, we get in all the assets, we pay off any liabilities, and we distribute uh, in accordance with the rules of intestacy to those beneficiaries. Any uh, commission that the beneficiaries have agreed to pay finders, we would pay directly. And then also um, those beneficiaries, if they instruct Boys Turner, they're going to get a discount on our fees simply because of our relationship with finders. He's a beast, this case. Wow. It's quite a considerable sum of money, so time is a fiesta. A property in London, sort of the holy grail of cases. It's going to be a lot of work. £170,500. Sold. This is probably one of the most weirdest days I've ever had in my life. Now, when we're administering an estate, there are lots of other services that finders mm -hmm. provide that assist solicitors in that estate administration can you uh, and there are an awful lot of them <laughs> um so give me a sort of a, a brief insight into those some of those additional services that you do provide so yeah um the additional services have grown over the years through need through being repeatedly asked for the same things so just briefly the highlights are things such as a missing will search, whereby we incorporate the certainty search, but we actually write letters and we write to a few more places than they would normally contact in their search. So it's still fairly cheap, I think it's 199, but then we have a much more comprehensive missing will search done. We're not risking email going to junk and it's backed by Aviva missing will insurance. So that if a finder's missing will search is done, you, you qualify for a uh, missing will insurance automatically if it's negative. On the back of that, the relationship with Aviva has been going on for 23 years now. We now have direct access to missing beneficiary indemnity policies. So if our report um, does result in us being unable to find someone or a particular branch of the family, or even if it becomes uneconomical to continue, we can apply for the uh, policy on our own desktop system direct into a Viva system and produce the policies that way. We also now have a block empty property insurance. So if someone rang us up and said, can you insure this now? It'll be insured immediately again through Viva as part of our new property services. 
Um, to go into that specifically, I incorporated a firm of estate agents, Finance International Estate Agents, last year, which we run from the same building. And the idea of that is that we can manage and sell the deceased property in one go right from the very, very early stage. So that con- kind of um, difficult period between the death and applying for a grant where no one's really actively doing anything. Can we go to the property? Can we search it? We can kind of bridge that gap by having the property insured, getting the locks changed, the security, helping the sister with the search for you know, and, and we know because we know what families want, they want photographs as well as financial assets and chattels and, you know, whatever personal items might be in there. So we avoid this kind of um, man in a van clearance, which, as you can imagine, administrators sometimes think, well, let's take the cheapest one. But what we want to do, um, we've also got this ISO 14001 environmental standards which is a very hard certification to get, but it means that we'll do we'll help organise clearances that are done ethically and uh, environmentally friendly manner. Separate the valuables, the the important paperwork, and the photographs and the memorabilia for the family into distinct areas, and then provide the solicitors, such you know, in this case, we'll send Boys Turner all the relevant information that we find to sort through. Also, we're looking for a will inside the property, which. Um, sounds a bit like shooting ourselves in the foot, but it has happened many times. We have had, we actually have had the cat's home, the will leaving everything to the cat's home. It has happened. There's a flat in Battersea and we finally got into the flat and all the beneficiaries were found in several countries. But, you know, you can't always get access straight away. And there's there's the will sort of tucked down the back of a wardrobe, leaving everything to the Cats Protection League. So everything was written off from our point of view. Yeah, I think I've got experience of that as well. I remember finding deeds to a property in an oven once in a property. Um, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't happen too often. Yeah. What, about, what about the international element, Danny? Because, um, you know, cross-border estates are becoming more and more common. We certainly deal with them an awful lot at Boys Turner. Mm. The international work we do has become very important. Yeah, the international asset services we have that's headed by Louise Levine. We deal with medallion signature guarantees. She can also help transferring funds from abroad. There's a very frustrating area with um, resealing of grants, sales of shares, gathering in assets from abroad. And these can massively, we always say, it's not like uh, these are things, there's no mystery in that in many ways, but they're very time consuming. And it could be just a judgment call of how a solicitor wants to use their time. I'm sure Paul has experienced the pain of trying to get money back from the States. Um, or from other wider countries uh, afield, it, it is a long, painful process. So it's, as she always says, it's like managing expectations. You have to start the process of repatriating funds as early as possible um, in the process because you know it's going to be at least two years, at least three years in some cases. And we find this as well. We work on the reverse situation where we have people coming from other countries, the US trying to, where we help them find missing beneficiaries around the world. But then at the end of the day, there are bank accounts that could be spread. We're actually just trying to repatriate an Irish bank account to an American estate to pay the heirs in Scotland. So, you know, these things do get complicated. And as uh, I, you know, as all solicitors know, it's uh, the real property is subject to the intestacy law of the place in which it lives. 
So um, you then have the, the joy of having mixed intestacy law. So you'll have beneficiaries who are inheriting from uh, a liquid estate in the, in the UK, but the property is a holiday home in France subject to French intestacy law. Um, and that's when things get complicated. So I'm sure Boyce Turner and all solicitors will encourage people with assets abroad um, to make wills in both countries covering all eventualities because it, it's, you know, the tax authorities, the rules of intestacy, everything else just makes things incredibly complicated. Danny, that's a whistle-stop to you, really, of um, some of the services that, that finders provide. And it's an overview of how we at Boys Turner and you at Finders work together um, as a team to provide services for our clients. Last question for you. How would you describe Finders' mission? What is it you're trying to achieve through all of the services that you provide? And I know that you're, you're, you're constantly adding to those services. I'd like us to be at the point where we're recognized as an essential part of an intestacy scenario. There are many, many, many stories of people being missed out, people being overlooked. Um, and that, that would be our mission now is to try and tighten up all the loose ends as much as we can, raise the game so that people can see that we are much more part of the legal system. Even though we're not lawyers, we don't pretend to be lawyers, but we want to be part of the system. We want to be there to help and also just to be here on hand for advice and to check things and make sure everything's being done properly. Because at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, someone's passed away, you're dealing with family, it's, uh, it's got sensitivities it's, and, and there's nothing worse than, you know, people falling out over a death in the family um, and money going somewhere where it shouldn't go. So that's, that's the mission. Danny, thank you. That's so interesting and so informative. Thank you so much for your time today. It's a pleasure. Thanks very much. Now, if anybody listening wants any further information, either about probate and administration services offered by the team here at Boys Turner, the contact details will be coming up in the programme notes. Or if you want to contact Finders International, their details will also be coming up in the programme notes.